so good to be in the presence of the Lord this morning. And I just, uh, if you weren't here last night, uh, we had a great night in Pentecost pause of something that I guess was a new thing for us and just trying to come before the Lord in worship and prayer. And, and many people were just touched by the Lord. And it's like, it's a thing that you just can't explain in so many ways until you've experienced him and the love that he has. And that's what I'm overwhelmed by at the moment is just that as we've gone through this series on the Holy Spirit, there's been people that have responded in ways that they may not have ever thought possible. Not just in Sunday services, but it's sort of like it's propelled them onto this journey that is, that, that, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste. That's so good. A taste a bit more. And I take another step. And not, it's not just all a feeling thing. It shouldn't just all be a feeling thing. We've tried to put a, a, a foundation here so that we can build our understanding of how God wants to relate to us through the Holy Spirit and hopefully that's been helpful for you and we will continue to do that. But this is the time, this has been the time when we've just said, Lord, we just want to know your presence. We want to experience you and we want to understand what it is to be filled with the whole Holy Spirit. And I know that what happens in a church like ours because we, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, that kind of church that's halfway on be, in between like a, a conservative church and some of that, but we still, we know that the Spirit is real and we really want to move with the Spirit and we want to integrate and so sometimes we don't know what foot we've got in what camp and we're trying to work that out. But I think this has been a very natural journey for most of us, just to walk into the presence of God. And his spirit touches in a beautiful way. He's been enjoying just, just being in the presence of the Lord. Yeah? God is good. God is good. He's so good. So today, uh, as Ron did last week, I, whatever speaks loudest to you, I want you, you're allowed to take out your phones, write it down, keep it. Whatever speaks loudest, whatever is the sort of the dominant theme that keeps on reminding you, oh, I just, that, that's the, that's the, the thing I need to work on in my life. That's the, the truth that God is laying down in my heart because it keeps on reminding or it's coming from multiple directions. Write those things down. Remind you of what is loudest. Because you won't get something out of everything I say today. But there will be some things. We want you to hear them. We want you to act on them. We want you to talk to others about them. We want you to just take steps. That should be your aim today. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Listen to what is loudest. So today we are... On Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came. And the passage is from Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, when they were all together in one place. You may be wondering, why on earth are we in a circle? Is it just a a cool idea that Penin came up with? Uh, You know, partly that. But mostly it is the fact that you can see you 
and you can see you lifting our hands in worship. We are all in the one place together today. All in the one place, just like it was at Pentecost. We're together. We're not watching what's going up on stage because, you know, as we've been encouraging you over over months and months, is, um, we don't want you to come to church and kind of see what happens on the stage and I, I come back here and I sit back in my seat and I judge whether I'm going to engage or not and I go backwards and forwards. But we together as the church are here today ready and waiting for a move of the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, like a, the sound, like a, the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Today, as we've been preparing for, we are marking the day of Pentecost. Never really done it as a church before in this kind of way. It's the day the Holy Spirit came in power on those present and the church of God was born. Today, we are together in one place and we're waiting to see God move. How he can fill us. And as much as we focus day to day on our personal salvation and maybe our individualistic walk with God, God chose to pour himself out on the church in a new way when they were gathered. When they were gathered. So we're gathered here today. Now can I say that by the end of the service there will be a massive, massive explosion or a mighty rushing wind going through this place and that we'll all experience tongues of fire resting on us. No, I can't say that. And it would be probably irresponsible and presumptuous of me to expect that. Because all of us come from a different place in our walk with God. And He knows just what we need. And He knows just how to meet us and take us forward. So all of us will experience a different thing at different times. For some of you, you will meet God in power and there may be visible manifestations and some, as in recent weeks, have fallen to their knees under the power of the Spirit. Some have shed uncontrollable tears as they've been just overcome with the presence of God's love. And for some, there's, a, yeah, there's just an overwhelming sense of His love that you've never felt before. For some, there's a conviction of sin and the need to surrender. And for some, you may be sitting there wondering what on earth is going on. And that's okay too. But what I would hope is that in all of us, every single one of us, all of us, is that we sense the weight of the glory of God in this place today. That weight and the glory we cannot describe perfectly. We can't. But you know it when it is here. But as we orientate our faces towards him and surrender, just like 2 Corinthians 3 says, but when anyone, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. 
The veil is those things that separate us. Sin, ignorance, idols, things we put in place of God. And as we turn to the Lord, we can see clearly the veil is taken away. In verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. As we gaze upon him, as we watch him, as we look at him, we are transformed. And that's why we worship. That's why we should have a life of worship and just lifting him up and glorifying him forever. Because as we watch him, as we look at him, and as we worship and lift him up, we are transformed to be like him. In ever increasing glory. Increasing, increasing, increasing. So the Holy Spirit is here now. <clears throat> and He wants to meet with you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me. Right where you are at to take you on, on a journey with Him for the rest of your lives. And I'm confident that the world is waiting for a different kind of Christian. A different kind of Christian that is exalting the Lord like that. Will that kind of Christian be you? Will that kind of Christian be you? The one who is glorifying the Lord and lifting Him up and putting Him in the highest place in every area of their lives. But to do that, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what is the infilling? What is the infilling of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you what it's not. I'm going to tell you what what it is not. The filling of the Spirit is not a one-time event. It is continuous and it's ongoing. It's not a one-time event. It's not going to all happen today. It's not all going to happen at a meeting You know, somewhere down the track, it's continuous and ongoing. Ephesians 5.18 that we were reading last week says to to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word filled in the Greek is the continuous present tense, which basically indicates that it's a repeated action. Be filled. And perhaps a more helpful translation of this verse might be, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Continually, every day. Continually. Now this verse doesn't just stand alone. There's another 14 times when this word is used, particularly to be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, in the New Testament. Most of them in Luke and Acts and, uh, and then in Ephesians here. And it's the same word and expression to be filled or full of the Holy Spirit. It's said of Jesus. It's said of the disciples. It's said of Paul. And it's said of the people who... We're experiencing God at the time. And what we can infer from this is that it is said of us too, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if we need to be filled, does that mean we weren't filled before? Does that mean we didn't have the Spirit before we came to salvation? 
We need to be confident that at salvation, when we came to know the Lord, we were given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working and acting to bring you to Him. In fact, the Holy Spirit was present before you even realized your need for God, pulling you towards Himself, pulling you. And I just love this verse from Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. It says, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. This is amazing. All of that to say this. God gave himself. He gave himself, the Holy Spirit, as the down payment for our inheritance in Christ. He gave himself. He didn't just, there was no like third party negotiation. No contracts, not worth the paper it's written on. He gave himself to seal the deal. That's how much he wants to personally know us day to day and draw us into this greater relationship with him. Now, there may be specific and identifiable events as well. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you in a greater measure and and some of you will be able to pinpoint those times in your life when you've kind of gone, God, you are real in a greater sense. And maybe some of you are going to sense that today. And these are such precious times. It might be a church service when somebody prays for you and there's an obvious and visible infilling of power and an overwhelming sense of his love. You know, in the Bible, there was the Apostle Paul. uh, He was filled when Ananias laid hands on him after his experience on the road to Damascus. In Acts 2, we just read the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and they were filled. Everyone present was filled and began to speak in tongues. And maybe there is a specific time in your life when, when you, uh, uh, an event, which is kind of what gets you over the hump. You kind of, up until then, you kind of go, oh, I don't know, I don't know what, but if I want to press into God or go any further with God, because there's just, there's just too much difficulty when I do, because I've got to give up some things. But the Holy Spirit comes on upon you and it enables you to take that step into his presence in a greater way. Now, in no way is my, my personal experience definitive, yet I've had a number of specific events in my life where I've been since the infilling of the Holy Spirit in a greater measure, greater measure overwhelming at times but the one that I really want to just share with you today was identifiable and it propelled me to forward to seek him more it was in my bedroom at 27 Whitburg Court in my parents house in Roeville when I was in my mid-twenties After a period of months of just asking the Lord to know him more, just sitting crying on my bed, just crying out for more of him. There was no special music. There was nothing overwhelming other than him and me in the presence of God. Just wanting to know him more. And as I was sitting on my bed crying out for more of him, I was given the gift of tongues. 
wasn't seeking it specifically. It wasn't something that we talked about in my upbringing, in my experience here at the church, and we still don't really talk about it much. But there was an overwhelming sense of the love of God and a language that I could not explain bubbled up and out of my mouth. I'm just so thankful that it happened in a personal time of worship, not in a sort of an emotive kind of, something's going on here, and it's like, oh... It was like just me and the Lord. I'm so thankful for this experience because it it just propelled me forward. Propelled me forward as it exposed the love of God in a new measure. And it gave me a language of prayer to express the deepest desire of my heart for God. And some of you are moving in the gift of tongues and that's awesome. We're not going to get into it today. But suffice to say that contrary to what some churches preach, the infilling of the Spirit is not always accompanied by tongues. But there is evidence both ways in Scripture. A specific event of infilling will always be helpful in propelling you forward, but mostly I want to encourage you that it is a daily habit. Daily habit. Someone said when I was a kid, I need to be filled because I leak. Who leaks here today? (laughs) Wrong expression, I know. We've got a lot of these double. But I leak. I've got holes in this bucket of mine and I leak. And I need to be filled today. Yeah? I need to be filled. So the daily habit number one. Daily habit number one, this is something that you can do every day when you get up in the morning and later throughout your day. Make it a daily habit to ask the Father to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. Simple. Fill me afresh, Lord. Fill me. Fill me afresh. I need more of your Holy Spirit to be able to represent you the way you want me to. To be able to commune with you the way you're seeking me to. Just like we need to drink plenty of water on a daily basis to be healthy, how much more should we drink of the Holy Spirit? By asking Him to fill us so that we can stay spiritually sharp and healthy. And Luke eleven thirteen says, If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit fullness when his children ask him so ask in faith ask the father to fill you and by faith receive that infilling the next thing that the infilling of the holy spirit is not the the filling of the spirit is not us getting more of the spirit but the spirit getting more of us not us getting more of the Spirit, but the Spirit getting more of us. Our language so often lets us down and teaches us the wrong thing. We say, Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want more of you. Now, I say it all the time and I probably said it last night and I probably said it today. But I want more of him. But the Holy Spirit is present right now in his totality and fullness. Right here and right now. No more of him can appear and none can go away. He is here in in his fullness. So rather it is about our obedience and our surrender so that the Spirit gets more of us. More of us. More real estate. More space in the life of Paul. Or more space in the life of Danny. Or more space in the life of Pastor Kyle. More space. 
to fill. Because if you're full of yourself, full of the flesh, there is no more space to take over. Raise your hand right now if you want the Holy Spirit to take over more of your life and fill you. More of my life. Daily tip number two. Then every day we need to make the decision to walk in obedience to God. Make that decision every day. I want to obey you. I want to walk with you. Scripture tells us that God freely gives the Holy Spirit to those who hear and obey Him. That's in Acts 5.32. Freely gives the Spirit to those who Hear and obey him. Luke 9, 24, 23 to 24 says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, lay down themselves, and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose, lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. And this is an attitude of the heart. We have a daily opportunity. To offer our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Amen. This is your offering of true and authentic worship. As we yield ourselves and we lay ourselves down, we confess our sin. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. Seek righteousness and yield ourselves to the Spirit so that he can pervade every part, every crack, every seam and form us for his glory to be transformed. So that we give him glory. And the last thing that the infilling of the Holy Spirit is not, is the filling of the Spirit is not just for your personal benefit. It is the power for representing Jesus. It's not just for your personal enjoyment as much as we do enjoy his presence. It is the power for representing Jesus. The last thing that Jesus said to his disciples before taking up, being taken up to heaven was in Acts 1.8 and he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Represent Jesus, that's in our vision. Represent, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in these last words of Jesus, he gave a promise and a charge. A charge is a responsibility. He gave a promise and he gave a responsibility. A promise to receive power when the Holy Spirit fills you and a responsibility to represent him. Represent him. Enabled by that power of the Holy Spirit to those at home around you. That's Jerusalem. To those outside your circle, that's the next region, say Judea and Samaria. You know, a familiar place, but still, they're a bit weird down the road, but still, I've got to represent Jesus to them too. And then beyond, to the end of the earth, where you just don't think possible. So daily habit number three is to ask the Holy Spirit. And to pray a prayer like this today, I ask that you will prompt me to share the love of God with somebody, with, whether by word or deed. 
I pray that I represent you in all grace and power so that others may see you in me. That's a daily habit. Lord, I want to represent you. Show me to those people around that I can love, that I can guide, that I can just be a presence for and point them to you. And as you pray and repeat this daily prayer, you will find your ear is inclined to the prompting of the Spirit. It may be for those around you, it may be in the immediate vicinity, but it also may develop a yearning in your heart for a group of people beyond you, a nation you've never been to. But rest assured, whoever the Lord is prompting you towards, he also promised the power to go there in the Spirit. You are not alone. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was prompted to uh, contact a friend uh, who owns our local cafe. Uh, he doesn't know Jesus yet. And it was just a heaviness on my heart for him. Just felt that I just needed to call the guy. And Anyway, I first sent him a text and just said, hey, just thinking of you. Hope you're doing well. Let's catch up soon. It took a week for him to call me back. But he called me back last Friday. And he just started to share about all his woes, his financial difficulty, and his heaviness. And then he said, I feel like every waking moment I am going to have a heart attack. He just feels the weight of life on him. Now, I know the, the fact that I called him and reached out to him, deeply touched him. He was just saying, thank you so much. Thank you for caring. Thank you. Thank you. Just the fact that I would think of him, contact him. And I didn't need anything from him just to let him know he's valuable. Now, that's a fairly normal story, and I'm sure many of you have had those kind of promptings. And... Nothing explosive happened. He hasn't given his life to Jesus yet. You know, what's the big deal? But the reason I tell you this is because my son Noah was in the car when we were having this conversation. And he heard the pain of this guy. He also heard the subsequent conversation that I have with one of my business employees who's, who's also who's a Christian has been reaching out to this guy as well. And together we were acknowledging that, the prompting, that there was a prompting of the Spirit for us to both reach out to him in different ways in the last couple of weeks. Just a prompting to minister to his heart in the right time, in the right measure. And after all of that, that Noah had heard both of those two conversations, he just said to me, are you going to share this story on Sunday morning? I said, I don't know. But I obviously spoke to him, and I think I know why. Because perhaps for the first time he saw in front of him the power of the ministry of God happening in the normal situations of life. Just normal. We're all going through these struggles. We all know many people around us that are struggling with life and life is difficult and, 
and they just need Jesus. But by a prompting of the Holy Spirit, just putting something, just a little thing in my heart, just reach out to this guy. He's taken a step closer to the Lord. And I will continue to pray for him. A very normal situation, filled with power. And as April said to me the other day, God's power puts the super in your natural and the extra in your ordinary. How true. The super in your natural, the extra in your ordinary. And that's the filling of the Holy Spirit, to be able to prompt you and draw you closer to Him and enable you for ministry, to witness, to represent Jesus. How beautiful. So today, church, we are seeking the Holy Spirit to fill your normal, to empower your ordinary for the glory of God. Amen? We're going to go into a ministry time and yeah, I'm a little bit over time. But where I want to lead you through is I'm going to read through Paul's prayer to the Ephesians out of chapter Ephesians chapter 3 starting at verse 14. And we're going to have the prayer team come out right now. Prayer team right now and stand at the end of the rows looking back towards you. And at any time from now on, you may come forward for prayer, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, for healing, to surrender in a greater way. Or you may not know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, and you may want to give your life to Him. The very act of you standing up, coming out of your seat to be prayed for is a step of surrender, and that's what we need to see happening, surrendering more down of your life. All of us, all of us. I went last night... I was calling people to come forward and it's like the Spirit just goes, Paul, if you don't go, why would anybody else? So I go to my dear father and he prays for me. Because today, yeah, I'm a pastor. Hey, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit just as each one of you does too. All of us can surrender in a greater measure. So coming forward is not the only way you may choose to kneel where you are, gather with some people to pray, or just sit with open palms waiting. But God wants to meet with each of us, each of us, right where we're at and take us forward. At the end of the scripture time, we'll just move into a quiet, uh, sorry, scripture reading, we'll move into a time of quiet worship and and you can come forward in that time or or, or, or just pray as, as led. But I would ask, do not leave this place without taking a step forward. Do not leave this place thinking, oh, I didn't get too much. Maybe that's it for me. Go home. Apply those daily habits every day. And seek the infilling of the Holy Spirit every day. So I will uh, encourage you to, to sit at this point in time or do whatever you want, but at this point in time you may also come forward and come up the rows and pray for the people with the people who will be standing at the end of the rows waiting for you to pray. So I'm going to read this prayer for the Ephesians. 
say a few things in between. We're just in a prayerful mode now, open our hands and we want to receive something. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Some of you may want to kneel now. This is a posture of humility before our Heavenly Father that each one of us can take. Kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being. Out of his glorious riches, the extent we cannot measure, he seeks to strengthen you with his power by the Holy Spirit right to the innermost part of your being. The parts that you cannot bear to expose, that's where he seeks for you to surrender. And for him to fill you. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Trust him. Step out. Step out beyond where you have stepped before. I don't want to emphasize this too much, but I tell you what. There is somebody here right now that needs to be the first person that comes forward right now. Because you need to step out. You just need to stand up and step out, out ahead of the crowd. Out ahead of the crowd and take a big leap forward and say, I want to know you more. I want to know you more and I want to live in such a way that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Who's going to be that first person? And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is. May the love of God overwhelm you. May you get a glimpse of the extent of His love. I am convinced that this will be the defining moment for some where the love of God will become so real to you, so tangibly real, that for the first time you can you can can't just you can stop dealing with just the symptoms of your brokenness. But in an environment of love, allow the Spirit to minister to you at the core as you grasp the extent of His love. The extent. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, we can't contain that, can we? All the fullness of God. His love can't be quantified, it can't be measured, it can't be compared to. We don't have to turn off our minds because He he created them too. But we need to be able to let go so His love can take us beyond. In some sense, we need to get over ourselves so God can get more of us. Now to Him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. As we are filled daily, we cannot imagine what He can do in and around us. 
But just a warning here that this power is not just a work uh, of domination or for self-improvement, but it is a power of submission. Just as Jesus had all power on earth, on heaven and earth, and that rested on him, but he submitted himself and he went to the cross and he laid himself down. In an upside down kingdom, this power of surrender and submission is what overcomes the world. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Say amen together. Amen. Amen. So we are going to continue in worship. We are going to lift up song of praise to God and it might be quiet for a time. And we want to give Him glory. But please, take a step. Take a step in whatever way to surrender your lives in greater measure for the Holy Spirit to fill you today. Come forward. Come forward.